Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Now this morning I want to talk to you about the Word of God which is at work in each and everybody of us. Can we see how many people are saved here this morning? How many people are children of God this morning? I think all of us that are here this morning. And for those that doesn't know God yet, there's an opportunity for you to receive salvation. Amen? Because all of us need God. Don't are we in agreement with that? Yes. I, can see, I can see the fathers are putting the beautiful flowers so beautiful on them. Thank you. Um, yeah, just enjoy that. Amen. Yes. Now, today I want to just read to you out of the out of First Thessalonians 2 from verse 13 to 16. If you can just open your Bibles to that. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 3 to 16. I'm going to ask Philip to read. 3, three verse, um, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13 to 16. 13 to 16. <clears throat> For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, mm -hmm. which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of man, but as it is the truth, the word of God, Amen. which effectually worketh also in you that believe. I read again this. With which effectually worketh also in you Amen. that believe. For ye, brethren, become followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, mm -hmm. even as they have of the Jews, Amen. who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets and have persecuted us. And they pleased not God and are contrary to all men, forbidding us as to speak to the Gentiles, mm. and they might be saved to fill up their sins away. Amen. For the wrath is come upon them to the uttermost. Amen. 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 Now the NIV reads, I'm just going to read the one verse. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is. The word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you brothers became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. Now, today I just want to speak about a few scriptures when we, when we look at, at, at Psalms. I'm going to read Psalms 119 verse 36. If you can just go quickly to... Psalms 119, verse 36. So I'm going to talk a little bit about prayer and the word, and the word of God. Amen? <clears throat> Psalms 119, verse 36. 
Psalms um, 119 verse 36. The psalmist pray, incline my heart to your testimonies. I'm going to read it again. Incline my heart to your testimonies. That's Psalms 119 verse 36. He prays that he would want to read and meditate on God's word. This is what the psalmist is praying for. Hello, Scatterpole. This is what the psalmist is praying. That he would want to read and meditate on God's word. And as believers this morning, I want to urge us. Is if the psalmist says, incline my heart to your testimonies, it means he would want to read the word and meditate on God's word. And with that, he's also praying. He's asking God, incline my heart to your testimonies. So it's prayer and the word of God. Amen? Amen. He prays and then he prays, open my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of your law. Psalms 119 verse 18, the same psalm, but it's just verse 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. God's word enables us to see the word of God, not just as the word of God. But there's something so beautiful written in the word of God that we need to understand this morning. If we do not understand it, we need to pray. And we need to ask God to incline our hearts. And we also need to ask God to open our eyes. Yes. To open our eyes that I may behold the wondrous things out of your law. What is the law? Anybody? What is the law? The gospel, the word of God. Out of your law, he prays that he would see wonders in scripture. And when we go through God's word, he shows us actually so much wonders. There's healing in God's word, isn't there? What is there? What else is there? There's healing, there's salvation in God's word. What else is there? There is power in God's word. Wonder-working power in God's word. Amen? Amen? For those that are sick, we also have our hands to lay upon. Somebody that is sick, and the sick will recover. Amen. And that is what, what the psalmist is saying. David is praying and he's asking God that he may behold the wonders of God's law. Amen. Amen. And then Paul says in, in, in Ephesians 6 verse 17 to 18. Can we just go to Ephesians 6 verse 17 to 18? Just a small part of that, that text. Ephesians 6 verse 17 to 18. It reads, take the sword, the sword of the Spirit. What is the sword of the Spirit? The Word of God. The sword, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. What do we have to do with that? Praying at all times in the Spirit. All of us that are sitting here, that receive God's Word, can pray in the Spirit. Amen. If we know God and if we are children of God, we can pray in the Spirit. We take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We pray in the Spirit at all times. That's Ephesians 16, verse 17 to 18. Take the Word. Praying. We need to pray 
And we need to pray the word of God. If we don't know what to do is take your scripture. Look at the scripture and see what God has got. If especially, there's going to be some things that we need out of God's word. When we look at the word of God, we just look at the word. And if there is illness in our body, we take the word of God and say, Jesus, you said, by your stripes, I am healed. So we can take the word of God and we can pray healing over our bodies. Amen. Amen. And then he says in, in Second Thessalonians 3 verse 1, Pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored. In 2 Thessalonians, Paul pray, says, pray for us. He says, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored. Speed ahead of us and be honored. Pray for us. And you can also, like I do, what I do is when I read God's word, I pray God's word over my life. I pray God's word over my children. But we can also pray, like Paul said here, pray for us that the word of the Lord may speed ahead of us. Speed ahead and be honored. Pray that the word would break through and triumph. Those souls or those people that does not know God yet, we can even pray for them. We can take God's word and we can pray for them that the word of God may speed ahead of us. Amen? Amen. That the word of God may break through and triumph. That is um, 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 1. No, it was just 3, 3 verse 1. Pray that the word of God would break through and triumph. So that is also prayer and it is the word of God. Amen? Amen. We can pray the word of God in any circumstance. We can pray God's word even on those, even this community that is in at the moment fighting with, with knives and, and swords and everything. We can speak, pray God, God's word to speed ahead of us. Amen? So that those souls may be saved. And then we, we can read in Acts, can we open in Acts 6 verse 4, where the apostle said, Acts 6 verse 4, and the apostle said that they should devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The apostles even did it. They devoted themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. If the apostles has done it, all of us can do it. All of us. The word is not just for the apostles. The word of God is today and it is for us. For all of us that are here today. Amen. 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 So if, 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 Paul, if Paul says in, and we thank God constantly for this, that when you receive the word, what are we going to do today? We receive the word that God is ministering to us, which you heard from us. You accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. Whoever stands in front and ministers the word of God, it's a human being. But who is, is, is blessing his word? God is blessing his word. And God is ministering to each and every one of us. God has spoken. Verse 13b says, you receive the word of God which you heard from us. You accepted it not not as the word of men, but
but as what it really is, the word of God. Do, do not accept the word. When myself, JB, whoever stands in front, even Shane, wherever somebody is ministering the word of God, accept the word as the word of God. Not as the word of men. So twice he calls his communication word of God. This is not merely the word of man. Paul is speaking, but the word is from God. Amen. Amen? God has spoken and is now speaking through Paul. But when he speaks through me, when he speaks through Philip, when he speaks through Rita, when he speaks through JB, God is actually speaking to us. And what do we need to do? We need to receive the word because God, it's his word. We believe that God has spoken in history and by inspiration, the Bible is the authoritative deposit of the word for all time. Amen. Amen. It's the deposit of the word for all time. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. And that is in third, um, if you can write it down, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. 2 Tim Timothy 3, verse 16 to 17. God's word comes to us in human words. What am I when I'm standing here? I'm a human. And the word of God comes to us through humans. People are ministering and preaching the word of God, the gospel. In the middle of verse 13, Paul says, You receive the word of God, which you heard from us. You heard God's word from us. We, we are human. God is divine. He's the only one that is divine. Amen? We are speaking on his behalf. Whenever we minister the word of God this morning, we are speaking on God's behalf. Whenever we speak to you, we speak because God wants us to speak on his behalf. His word is heard in human words. Christ has appointed apostles. You know, apostle, I think um, Philip has a teaching, had a teaching once about the apostles in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Um, who would be, um, Christ had appointed apostles who had been his authoritative spokesmen. He teaches and guides and guides and inspires them. And they speak his word on his behalf with authority. Whenever we speak the word of God, we speak on God's behalf, but we speak with authority. Amen? Amen. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 13, We impart God's truth in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. All of us that are here are spiritual. Amen? Amen. Interpreting spiritual truth to those who are spiritual. This is what we have in the New Testament. God's word meditated to us in divinely taught, in the divinely taught word of men. God's word come to us in human words. The Thessalonians heard the words of Paul. 
And that is what we are doing today. We heard the word of four, but we do not hear the word of four. We heard the word of God. When you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, God spoke. Humans gave his word through their words. And the Thessalonians heard that. They heard the sounds. They knew the Greek language. They construed meaning with their minds. So when you hear it, you construe meaning with your minds. God uses humans to deliver his word. He uses us to deliver his word. And he delivers it to who? To us as humans. Amen? Human minds hear and understand the word of God. And then another set of human minds receive it from those human mouth and again hear and understand it. We do hear the word of God and we do understand it. Nothing has, has been said yet about the Thessalonians have evaluated the words. Only that they are hearing and by implication they are construing it. They are trying to make sense of what they hear. And I think we all do. We all try, and right now, I think everybody's trying to make sense of what you are hearing. Amen? That's what we do when we hear someone speak. So the Thessalonians heard the word of Paul. And as they heard, God acted on their minds and in their hearts. So how does somebody come to receive salvation? It is through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit ministers to that person, and that person understands, gets convicted, and that person um, knows that he needs salvation. Amen? Amen? So what, do he, what did he do? And how, did he, how do we know this? What he did was enable them to receive Paul's word as the word of God. When you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. You accepted it not as the word of men, but you accepted for what it really is, the word of God. That is what God did. He opened their mind and heart to know that Paul was speaking the word of God. And he gave them the inclination to receive it for what it is. Not mere woman, human words, but God's word. Amen. This is what we need to do. We need to receive it as the word of God. How do we know this? How do we know God did this? Because at the beginning of verse 13, just be before saying that they receive the word as the word of God, Paul says, and we also thank God constantly for this. Remember. And we also said, and we also thank God constantly for this. We all thank God constantly for his word. For what? That when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God. And I would want to urge you this morning, whenever, whoever ministers the word of God, don't look at that person as if the person is just ministering his word or whatever he's ministering. To see it as the word of God. Amen? Amen. And you can also discern whenever it comes from God. Yes. Because why? Because we've got our Bibles. We can open the word of God and we can see God is really ministering. God is speaking to us. Amen? Amen. Yeah. 
But why would Paul thank God for this? Why would Paul be thankful for, for that? Because remember he said, because at the beginning of us, that he, just before saying that he received his word as the word of God, Paul says, and we all thank, also thank God constantly for this. For what? What do we thank God for? That when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as for what it really is, the word of God. Amen. But why would Paul thank God for this, I said? We would, why would he thank God that he hears, or that, he's, that the heart of, of the Thessalonians grasped the divine nature of the human word? Why would he thank God that the hearts of the Thessalonians embrace the human words as divine words? The reason is that God enabled them to do this. God enabled who? Paul. God enabled Paul to do this. To minister the word of God. Amen? It is the same when Peter said, what did Peter say to Jesus when I was ministering a few weeks ago? Didn't Peter say? No. Yeah. But before that, I know what you wanted to say, Emri um, Heta. On this, what, what did you want to say? Yes. Amen. But also in the same way as Peter said to Jesus, you are the son of God. Didn't Peter say that to Jesus? He said to Jesus, you are the son of God. And what did Jesus reply when Peter said that? Flesh and blood not Come on, you. amen. The spirit of God. <laughs> yes. And Jesus responded, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. And that is written in Matthew 16 verse 17. Remember a few weeks ago when I ministered that? My Father in heaven revealed this to you. Amen. Amen. And this morning when I woke up with that song, um, Build Your Church, I think the song's name is Build Your Church. Where's Lucy? Is not here? Yeah, I think we sang the, ch the, the song um, when, when I went this morning, when we went to Somerset quickly. We sang the song in, 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 the, in the car, and it was so beautiful to know that Jesus builds, builds his church. Amen. It's so awesome to know that he is the one that is building this church. But because he said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Amen. And the gates of hell will not prevail. Amen. Isn't that awesome that he is the one building his church? And I love that song because it was really ministering to me this morning when we were going to Somerset. And God enabled the Thessalonians to see that the human words of Paul were more than human. Amen. I just need a tissue. Oh, somebody. Um, we thank God for that. Thank you, Rita. We thank God for that. You accepted our words, not as the word of men, but as the word of, as the word of God. But as what it really is, the word of God. We thank God because God gave you eyes to see the word for what it really is. God is amazing. And whenever he speaks, we listen. And now we're going to see what's, hap what, what's happening. The Thessalonians accepted Paul's word as the word of God. We've said it, 
but it deserves its own point. God acted. The result was that the Thessalonians accepted Paul's word as the word of God. And what do we do this morning? We accept God's word as the we accept the word as the word of God. Amen. There is another word in this reshapes and in verse 13. Believe or faith or trust. You accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is. The word of God, which is at work in you believers. The word of God is at work in us as believers. Amen. The word of God is at work in us as believers. That's awesome. Amen. Come on. It becomes alive in us. That Therefore we say we agree that the word of God is at work in us as believers. He's calling them believers now precisely because they accepted his word as the word of God. What do we call you? Believers. Why? Because you've accepted the word as the word of God. So saving faith involves the word of God. Opening the eyes of our heart in Ephesians 1 verse 18. Opening the eyes of our hearts. Paul's message as God's word and accept it. Embrace it. We accept it, we embrace it, and we receive it. Do you receive God's word? Yes. Faith doesn't look at the word of God from a distance and pronounce it true. Can I say that again? Faith does not, doesn't look at the word of God from a distance and pronounce it true. It takes hold of it, receives it, takes it in, and embraces it. So, yeah, that's just something that I need to do quickly. Um, so saving faith involves the work of God, opening the eyes of our hearts, Ephesians 1 verse 18, to see Paul's message as God's word and accept it, embrace it and receive it. When we receive, when we hear God's word, we receive it, we embrace it, and we accept it. Amen. Faith doesn't look at the word of God from a distance and pronounce it true. It takes hold of it. So what do we need to do? We take hold of God's word. We receive it. We take it in and we embrace God's word. Amen. Amen. And as the word of God, that is supremely valuable. God's word is supremely valuable. It's precious. It's important. So the Thessalonians accepted, welcomed, received, and embraced God's word. They received and embraced Paul's message as the very word of God. This is what the Thessalonians did. And supremely important and precious and valuable in their lives, it was received as a treasure whose value is only ex exceeded by God. If you receive God's word, you receive, the, you receive it as a treasure. I think for most of the world, people in the world, the word of God is not important. But for us that are believers, the word of God, we embrace God's word. 
We Amen. receive it. We embrace it. We receive it. And we see the word of God as a treasure. Why are we all healthy today? Why are we all well today? Why are we all um, alive today? Because we receive God's word as a treasure. And the word of God it means so much to us as children. It's valuable to us. And therefore we embrace it and we receive the word of God as a treasure. Amen. Amen. This word of God is now at work in the Thessalonians. Now the word of God is, is, is at work even in us as believers that are sitting here. Amen. So the word of God, we shouldn't just receive the word of God as if somebody is just ministering the word of God. We receive the word of God, we embrace it, we value the word of God, and whenever we pray, we even pray the word of God. In any circumstances, in any situation, even for the Thessalonians, the word of God was at work in them. For verse 13b said, You accepted it not as the word of men, but what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers, in us as believers. So God acted to cause them to welcome the word. Do we welcome God's word this Amen. morning? Yes. Do we welcome God's word? Can we just say, for a moment close our eyes and just say thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank Father, you. we just want to honor you this morning. We embrace you, Lord. We embrace your word this morning. We receive it, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that we can also act on your word. When we have to go outside, Lord, and we have to minister to people, that people will embrace and receive the word. That you will speak your word ahead of us, Lord Jesus, so that all those that are on our hit list, each and everybody that hears the word of God, that they may receive you, Lord. Because you are your word. You are your word, Father. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. So the word of God is living. This is what, what Hebrews 4, 4 verse 12 says. The word of God is living. The word of God is living. And it's active. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing through the vision of soul and spirit. That's why people can receive salvation. Our joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of our hearts. Of the heart. Amen. Of Amen. people's heart. Of our hearts also. And what specifically was the effect of, the work, of this working? That's the last observation. The working of God's word produced joyful endurance and suffering. Whenever you suffer and you go through a lot of things, and I think today, when my son was murdered in December, the 4th of December, and I found his body on the 5th of December, God's word produced joyful endurance in my suffering. It is God's word that pulled me through. It is God's word that kept me. It is God's word at the end of the day when you go through suffering and whatever you're going through in your life. It's God's word that will make you strong. Amen. I sometimes cry still for my son. 
But I remember how God's word um, makes me so strong. And it makes me joyful. Amen. That I can endure anything that comes my way. It doesn't matter what it is. God's word gives me joy and it endures. When I go through suffering. Amen. Uh, notice the connection between verse 13 and 14. End of verse 13. Which is, at, and which is at work in your believers. God's word is at work in us as believers. Amen. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> For you, brothers, became imitators of the church of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews. Paul is giving evidence that God's word is at work in them. And he says that receiving Paul's word of God and led him um, led to suffering. Sorry. But that by itself would not prove God's word was at work in them because they might have responded to their affliction <laughs> because sometimes we do respond to our affliction with anger and doubt and unbelief but we are believers amen, amen. we are believers and the Thessalonians didn't act that way how do we know that because Paul had already said it clearly which is why he didn't need to to hear Look at Thessalonians 1, verse 5 to 6. Let's look at it. Thessalonians 1, verse 5 to 6. Is it 1 Thessalonians? Yes. Yes, 1 Thessalonians. 1, verse 5 to 6. Our gospel came to you not only in word. Listen to that. Our gospel did not come to you not only in word, mm, my eyes, <laughs> sorry, but also in power <laughs> and in, in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men were proved to be among you for, for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't the Holy Spirit bring joy to Amen. us? Yes. Whenever we are in what circumstances and in, in affliction, the Holy Spirit is the one that brings joy to us. Oh, my eyes. Sorry. I've got, sorry. It's just my eyes is like this from the sweat. <laughs> sorry. Um, but God is amazing. Amen? Amen. He is amazing. Without Him, we are nothing. We surely fail. Nothing and no one can do to us what God is doing to us. Amen? Amen. Amen. He is God and there is none like Him. So by the Holy Spirit, God has powerfully given them joy in the midst of their affliction. Amen? God gives us joy in the midst of our affliction. 
Our gospel came to you in power and in the Holy Spirit. That is, I think that's the reason why we are here to, to, today. Because the gospel came to us in power. And we received it, we acted upon it, and today we are children of God. And you receive the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you go back to Thessalonians 2, verse 13 to 14, we see how God does this. He does it by His word. Verse 13, at the end of verse 13, they said, The word of God, which is at work in you believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God, Christ in Jesus, of God in Christ Jesus, that are in Judea. For you suffered, indeed you suffer with joy, joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit was giving them joy in suffering by the working of the word in their hearts and in their minds. The Holy Spirit still today gives us joy. Amen. Amen. Whatever situation we are going through, the Holy Spirit gives us joy. So here is the truth that I draw out of this for living the Christian life. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ is giving you His Word for whatever situation you are in. And it is His Word that's going to pull you through that situation, whatever it is that you are facing. There might be somebody here that are going through um, some anxiety, some um, loss of some family members, or some of you are just going through something which is very difficult. I want to draw you to God's word so that you can pray God's word in every, every circumstance that you are facing. Amen. Amen. First, I want you to admit. And the first thing is that I, if, you, if you say you cannot do it on your own. For instance, if you're going through something, you just need to admit and say, I can't do it by myself. Or I can't do what needs to be done. And then you just trust God in that. And second, I pray for God's help. Third, I trust a particular promise he has given. What is his promises? His word. When we go and look at the scriptures, God will give you a scripture. And then you act and do whatever God is calling you to do. And then you thank God for his help. When you are done. Amen. The temptation of fear. Some of us is going through some through fear. What you do when you are going through fear. God has called you to do something you know. It's right but you are afraid. You don't know how to do it. There's something sometimes that you want to do. Or you, you are going through something that is very very much fearful. And you don't know how to do it. First, what you do, you admit honestly and humbly. Say, I'm afraid and I cannot do this by myself. Can we say that to God? Yes, we can. He's our Father. And our Father do understand if we are going through something and you just admit and you are humble. And you say, Father, I cannot do this on my own. And you give it to God. Then you pray, oh God, grant me courage. Please don't let me be ruled by this fear. And sometimes we embrace this fear. We talk about fear and we talk about anxiety as if that is the mountain that is in front of us. We need to look over that mountain to the God of the mountain. 
Amen? Amen. Don't embrace your fears. We should not embrace our fears and, and our anxieties and, and, and stuff. Then you just call to your mind a specific tailor-made blood board promise that Christ has guaranteed for you by His blood. Fear not, God said it. Can I give you that scripture? Isaiah 41, when you fear, what do you pray? Isaiah 41 verse 10. Can you write that down? Isaiah 41 verse 10. What does God say there? What does Jesus say there in Isaiah 41 verse 10? Fear thou not. Amen. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. Amen. I will uphold thee with the right hand. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rita. That is what Isaiah 41 verse 10 says. Fear not. Whenever you fear something, just call Isaiah 41 verse 10. Tell to that something, whatever it is that you fear. The word of God says, pray the word of God. Fear not, for I am with you. Call that specific tailor-made blood-bought promise Christ has guaranteed, has given to you. And then you pray, and then you fear. It says, just say, fear not, for I am, Jesus says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed. Why? For I am your God. I am your God. If you fear, you pray Isaiah 41 verse 10 over your, yourself and over the circumstances that you are facing. And you tell that fear, whatever it is that you are fearing, Jesus says, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. And then he says something which will help you a lot when you go through that fear. What does he say? I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that awesome? That is awesome. Do we need to praise our fear? No. no. We speak over the fear. We speak it and we say to them, whatever it is that, that made you sad or that made you unhappy or that made you fearful. Speak Isaiah 41 verse 10. No? Amen. Speak Isaiah 41 verse 10. And then you said to that, fear not for I'm with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. Jesus will not say that for nothing. We are believers. We are children of God. We must make, take hold of God's promise that we sang it this morning. Amen? Amen. I am who he says I am. Amen. Amen. I'm righteous. Amen. I'm a saint. That's right. Says here, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, Amen. but of power and of love and, and of, of a sound, sound mind. Second Timothy one seven. Amen. Another scripture. When you're fearful, write that Second Timothy also down. Don't be fear. Don't fear. God says, I am your God. I will uphold you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with the, right the righteous. Amen. Jesus will uphold you. As believers, we need to remember that this this morning. God says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isn't that awesome? If, are we ever going to fear? No. We might be tempted to, yeah. But we've got the word of God. Amen. We've got Isaiah 41 verse 10. Amen. 
You trust this promise. You say to God, I take this promise for myself. I trust you. Say it to God. I take this promise for myself, Lord, and I trust you. You are now my help. Amen? You are. God, you are now my help. Amen? We take hold of God's promises. And we speak the promises of God into existence in our life. And we say to the fear, you are not, we are, I will not bow to you. I will bow to God and Him and Him alone. Amen. We bow to the Son of God. We bow to the King of Kings. We bow to only Him. He is. We sang this morning, He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. Amen. I love the song, The Reckless Love of God. Isn't that beautiful? When we sang it this morning, I saw how God was running after us. How God got hold of us. How God's Holy Spirit acted on behalf of us. How we received Him as our Lord and Savior. And today I can say I'm a child of God. Are we children of God? Amen. Amen. You are the sons and the daughters of the Most High. Amen. Amen. We serve a living God, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. Amen. And now, today, I want you to act on that fear. Don't ever let that fear take hold of you. Speak to the fear. Speak to the mountains and the mountains will move. We want every mountain this morning that holds you back. We want that mountains to go right now. In the name of Jesus, fear has got no hold on a, on a child of God and a believer. Amen. The temptation of covetousness or greed. Sometimes we go through that temptations. You desire something that you don't need. Sometimes we desire houses, we desire cars, we desire money, we desire what, whatever that is. And the desire grows and starts to be very powerful. You're losing your contentment in Christ sometimes. Starting to feel that if you don't have this, you will be miserable and maybe even give up on God. What do you do in such a situation? Be thankful. And you speak the word of God. Amen. I'm going to give you a scripture if you feel like that. There is a scripture that you can use when you are in such a situation. What, what you do is you admit, like I said in the beginning, you can't beat this. If you can't beat it, then you just admit to God, I cannot beat this, this greed or covetousness or whatever it is. It is too strong. What do we need? We need God's help. Amen. Whenever you are in that situation, we need God's powerful help. Then you pray, Father, I need your help. Yes? We say, Father, we need your help. Please conquer my covetousness. Take away this craving. Restore my joy and my contentment. It's only God that can do that. Nobody else can do that. Only God can do, can restore that. Amen? Amen. What you do is you admit you can't beat this. It's too strong. You need God. 
You need God's powerful help, like I said. Amen. And then you call a specific tailor-made blood board promise, like Hebrews. Write it down. Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6. Hebrews 13, verse 5 to 6. What does it say there? Can I read it for you? Keep your life free from the love of money. Keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. Amen. <laughs> and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Call that scripture. Call it to life in your life. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can men do to me? Amen. What can a man of me ever do unto me? The Lord is my help. Amen. I will not fear. What can men do to me? Amen. I just want to say in the King James, in the King James it says, um, to keep our conversation like our life free from covetousness. And that actually includes more than just the love of money. Yeah. Jesus. So, in King James, did you yeah, read it? Have you got it? Can you read it for us? Yeah, yeah. It says, let your conversation, which means like your life, the way you live your life, be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will <coughs> never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man can do unto Amen. Me. I just wanted to bring out that it's more than... Yeah, more than the love of money. And when you've re read that scripture, what do you do then? You trust that promise. Amen? Amen. You trust that promise that, has, that you've read. Trust that promise and say, yes, Lord. You will never leave me. Say it to God. Yes, yes Lord. Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. You will never leave me. You will take care of me. You are enough. Is Jesus enough for you? Yes. Jesus is enough for us this morning. You are my contentment, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus, you are my contentment. I trust you. I believe you. And you act on that. What do you do then? You act on God's word. You trust God's word. And you believe God's word. You turn away from that idol. What do we do? Sometimes we cling to that idol. Turn away from, act on that. And turn away from that idol. Jesus. The love of money, it's more like, like Rita said, more than just money. It's not just money, there's more stuff. What, what else is there? Fame. Fame. The grace of men. Uh, acceptance of men, all of these yeah. kind of stuff. Worshipping like, cars and whatever it is. And, and all of those things. All of those things. Yeah. No? <laughs> you act on it. You trust God. You believe His word. You act on it. You turn away from that. Can I, can I read that scripture to you again? Yes. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. 
content with what you have. Amen. Say thank you, Jesus, like thank Jamie you, said Jesus, this morning. Have, Is there something that you can be thankful for? Oh, yes. Is to be thankful, Father. I have got a roof up above me. Amen. I have got a fine place to sleep. Amen. I've got food on my table. Amen. And I've got shoes on my feet. Amen. We're not even worshipping this stuff. Amen. We're worshipping the King of Kings Amen. and the Lord of Lords. Amen. But we are content with what we have. Amen. We are thankful, Father, Amen. for what you have given us. Amen. Amen. Yes, the gift of life. Like on, 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 on Wednesday, I think it was Nella that was talking about she was worried about, um, on, on when it was it Wednesday night, the people that are sleeping on the streets. We've got a roof, we've got warm blankets, and we've got everything that we need, we have. And we need to be thankful for that. But what I said, with the Holy Spirit ministered to me something so awesome on, on Wednesday night when she was saying that. And I really realized that we, we were worried about these people that are sleeping on the street, but we are not worried about their souls. And that is the revelation I got, Psalms 91. Amen. Abiding in the shadow of the Almighty God. Being thankful, Jesus, that we are not just worried about the place to sleep and the blanket over them, but the souls that needs to be saved. Amen. Amen. We need to desire for those people to receive salvation. The Word of God says, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all the other stuff will be added. Or everything else will be added. Amen. So we need to be worried about their souls. Amen. Amen. Whenever we go and give them bread and we give them something to eat, don't forget about the bread of life. Amen. Do not Amen. forget about the bread of life. Because if you've got Jesus, if they've got Jesus, they've got everything. Amen. Everything they need. Yes. If they have got Jesus. So do not forget, whenever you minister, minister and speak life. Speak Jesus into their lives. Amen? Amen. The temptations of bitterness and being wronged. And did I feel that in December, when my son was murdered? The temptation of being bitter and being wronged. And sometimes... We feel like that. Somebody has done us so much wrong. But God is so, so great. Amen. He is amazing. Amen. Amen. God is amazing. Sometimes people wrong you. They say things about you. And sometimes we, or people, not you, not me, do not forgive and by yesterday, yesterday's funeral, the lady that ministered, her name is also Emily, she ministered and she said, we sometimes think that, or sometimes people would say, even religious people would say, God has taken away somebody. He never did it. God never took Emil away from me. He would never do something like that. God would never wrong me in that way. That way. He wouldn't do something and take my son away from me just for that. He wouldn't. God is love. John 10, 10, John 10, verse 10 says, The enemy came to steal. He came to kill and destroy. But Jesus, Jesus came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. And that is how I rejoice in my Lord. 
Amen. Amen. I don't keep things against God. God has never ever wronged you or me. God is not the cause or the reason of our situations, of things that are going wrong in our lives. Amen. Amen. He is not the reason for all the th things that are going wrong in our life. Amen. Amen. And you know the bitterness is wrong. But you can't seem to shake it. Because every time you try to sheer injustice of it all rises up. And with such ugliness you cling your fist and grit your teeth. That this wrong is not being properly punished. And I can tell you today, I know who my son's murderer is. I know exactly what happened that day when they stabbed him. I know it. But I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive this boy that has killed my son. Amen? We as believers need to forgive. Amen. We need to forgive whoever it is that has wronged you. The unbelievers would, would not react this way. They would want to go and, like I've just read now, want to go and fight an eye for an eye and, and a what? Tooth for a tooth. Tooth for a tooth. Yeah, they would want to go and go and fight that boy or the people that was involved. I choose not to. I really pray that this guy that has done that would come to know the Lord. Amen. Amen. That he would receive salvation. Yes. And I pray God for the opportunity. I say to the, to the, to the, what is his spirit and angels? Detective. I said to him yesterday, I wish I could just speak to this guy. If I could just, you know, minister salvation to him, that would give me so much peace. If I could speak to him. So many people in this community know who killed my son. But not one of them is able to say it. But God revealed it to me. He's so awesome. God is so, so, so awesome. And I still choose to forgive him. I still choose to forgive him. Amen. What, what, what did I do? I admit, I couldn't take it at the beginning. No. I said to God, I admit I can't take it. I can't handle it. Mm -hmm. And then I said to God, I need help. Yeah. I said to God, I need help. Yeah. I said to Father, Father, I really need your help. Mm. For me, in order to forgive this boy that killed my son. One knife um, stabbed in the heart, and my son died that evening. And how awesome it is that you can just look at a person and say, I forgive that person. And I really said to, Father, to, the, to God, I really need help. And I want to urge you today, if you feel something against somebody that is still alive, or you can forgive that person, choose to forgive. Yes. Don't hold grudges against whoever it is that has wronged you, that has given you pain 
and that it has made you angry. Just decide as a believer to forgive that person. Amen? Amen. Amen. Then you call a specific, um, that is what I did, a specific tailor-made blackboard um, scripture which was especially relevant to my situation. Jesus bled instead of being bitter. Come on. Jesus died instead of being bitter. He died for yours and my sins. And he has never, never, never held it against those people that killed him. Instead he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Amen. And I want to give you Romans 12 verse 19. Beloved, this is the scripture that you can use when there's some anger in your hearts and you feel bitter against somebody. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Amen? Amen. God is the one that will repay. Not you, not me. We don't hold grudges against anyone. And then you trust God's promise. He will repay. He will repay. Vengeance belongs to Him. And He will see to it that perfect justice is done for every sin against you. Come on. Amen. We serve an amazing God. Um, Romans 12 verse 19. Justice. Um, he will deal with it. Either... I don't need, um, just say to yourself, I don't need to carry this cause anymore. I can hand it over to him who, just, who judges justly. 1 Peter 2 verse 23. And I do that now. You say to yourself, I do that now. I choose to forgive. And then you say, I trust you, Father, to settle this matter perfectly. I trust you, Lord. And then you act on, you get rid of the the reminders you've been using, you don't go to the broading places. You burn the letters you've been um, simmering over. You stop rehearsing all the scenarios of, avenge, of vengeance. When they come up in your head, you say no and turn to the word of Christ. The cross, the promises, the judgment. And you look up to God, your merciful Father, and thank Him for being a perfectly holy and righteous judge who lifts the deadly burden of vengeance from your back. Amen? Amen? God is the only one that can do that. And now today, I want to say to you, the Word of God is at work in you. The Word of God is at, at work in each and every one of you. So I commend it to you today. Admit it first. Pray about it. You trust God, and then you act, and then you thank God. Thank you, Jesus, that I can forgive. I think this is what it is when you walk by the Spirit of God. We are led by the Spirit of God, sons and daughters of this Most High God, children of the Most High. Amen? Amen. To walk with by faith, I think this is what it means. For the word of God to be at work in those who believe 
in Him. And I pray that I will be able to look at each and every one of your lives and you would look at your life and say thank you Jesus that you are able to forgive. Amen. Let's close our eyes. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.